You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, everyone. This is Rico Mohammed, and you are listening to the Rates and Lanes podcast. Coming to you live tonight here at the uh, shipping yard. I'm here picking up some Otis Sputmiker baking products down in uh, Prosperity, South Carolina. Tonight, uh, don't have a USDA truck market report. Not sure what's going on with the U.S. government's uh, website, but I am unable to have that information available for us at this time. But we do have the DAT trend lines market report, which we'll jump into that in just a second. Have a had a really big week this week as far as, far as myself. Um, kind of put the uh, crunch on top of myself to make sure that I went ahead published my website. Hopefully, you guys got the links to that to go by and check it out. Uh, if not, shameless plug time www.crescentcarriersllc.com. We also, at the, the maiden voyage of our blog, which we're going to start trying to use the blog as more of a interacting part of the podcast as well. So um, it, gives us a, it gives us a better way to interact and share more information possibly along with the other resources that we currently use, such as the uh, Facebook groups, so, uh, rate per mile masters, the CMC live, so on and so forth. So we want to try to expand some things. We had a big day today on the phone, trying to work and network with other people to get, bring more guests. I was able to, uh, touch back, get back in contact with the, uh, transportation attorney, attorney Henry Seaton. Uh, he's been out of the, been doing a lot of traveling, been in and out of the country a little bit. And, uh, but we got him back on. We got him scheduled. That'll be coming up. Uh, he'll be coming back on with us and doing more Q&As uh, beginning next month. Um, also, we have a couple of phone calls out to some other people. We don't want to jinx it, so we're just going to hold tight on to who those are. But I, 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 as, as soon as we get them confirmed, I've announced those things. I want you guys to be thinking about them. Mark the date down in your calendar. Think you can get some really great information. You're going to be able to pick some, uh, pick some of these guys' brains to help you in your operation. Um, tonight, like I said, we're going to. If you, if you hadn't got a chance to go by, please go by and subscribe to my new blog. Uh, we're going to attempt to try to get our blog out to you at least once a week, and we're going to try to have very detailed resources for you on the blogs and uh, begin the conversation there on the blog starting on Monday. Mondays are Sundays. We're going to try to make sure that we get them out by at least Monday, and then we'll pick up and uh, get further in depth into them on Wednesday nights here on the podcast. So with that said, we're going to jump into the DAT trend lines, and I'm also, before I jump into the trend lines, I'm sorry, I need to go and get my co-host because I may get called away, so uh Let's see if my buddy Chad is down here. Hey, Chad, Rico, how you doing? Yes, sir, I'm oh, here. Oh, I'm good, buddy. 
I appreciate you calling in and checking in with me. Uh, just in case I happen to get called away while I'm uh, sitting here waiting to get loaded. Uh, and, and just another validation to let everybody know on the podcast that I've seen some some comments in some of the groups talking about, you know, the cast are run by brokers and stuff like that. No, 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 no. This is run by uh, small trucking company, you know, uh, guys that, that were uh, Kevin Rutherford disciples, for the lack of a better term. Uh, we we got a like-minded scene that seemed that we need to try to help our fellow brethren in the trucking game to improve and increase their uh, business models. And so we just took a took a chance and, and jumped out there and we just started doing something. Um, uh, and so by no means do we say do we think that we know it all or nothing like that, but we definitely want to uh, increase the awareness and different things to help our fellow brothers and sisters out there in the trucking industry to improve their operations. And hopefully uh, you're getting some good information that we're putting out there. And uh, I know as far as myself and Chad, we, we try to be um, as, as to make sure that the information that we put out is, is as credible as we possibly can. I'm not saying that we're, we're, we're perfect. We're not beyond mistakes, but, uh, but that's, that's a, that in a nutshell. How you doing tonight, Chad? Outstanding. Pretty, pretty good. Hey, uh, have you been paying attention to the flatbed uh, truck ratios? I mean, everything else is doing bad, but I like looking at some of the positive stuff. I know you're getting ready to get into the trend lines, but uh, man, flatbed. I'm I'm looking at the DAT trend lines, and flatbed's really doing great. Um, yeah, and we're gonna I want to chop that up a little bit as well because I noticed it's been going on uh, some of the things in some of the groups. Uh, people have been talking about. Um, you know, bad rates and stuff like that, which I, I haven't really experienced too much. Um, and I've been kind of still been doing my same little thing. And uh, maybe I'll share some numbers with you guys tonight. I'm, I'm trying to uh, uh, get up my, my um, exact mileage for the week. I, and, I, and I'll go into what I've, what I've been able to accomplish as far as this week. Um, I'm kind of doing it on the fly, so give me a little bit of time. And I'm, I'm working on doing that as we do everything else. Um, going back over to the DAT trend lines though for this week, I do have that available. And, uh, headlines on the trend line says rates dip. Remains high. Demand remains strong and rates are high on the spot market despite a seasonal decline. Freight availability and rates typically peak in June. Last week's average rate declined three cents per mile for vans, four cents for reefers. Rates were unchanged for flatbeds compared to the previous week. And going off of um, what we've been talking about previously as far as flatbeds are concerned, the demand has been so high in flatbeds. Um, it should have been a, um, uh, maybe a, a little bit more of a spike on flatbeds. Um, the, the demand for flatbeds is just outrageous right now. And they're truly, uh, I think there's truly opportunity to be had in that particular uh segment of the transportation industry. Maybe someone that has flatbed that pulls flatbeds can call in and uh and give us some give us some uh viewpoint of what they have actually been seeing out here. And if you have any questions or if you have uh want to make a comment or something like that, go ahead and press number one. That puts you in the queue to allow us to uh that notifies us that you would like to come on and you would like to say something and we try to get to you as soon as we possibly can. So we're going to jump over into the DAT trend lines um, 
the, the U.S. van demand. And it says for the week of 13th through the 19th of July, load availability slipped 7.9. Capacity increased 14% last week, yielding a 19% decline in the national average of load-to-truck ratio for vans. The ratio slipped 3.6 loads per truck to 2.9, which is still relatively favorable for carrier. So um, that that should go to show, especially once you, you got to be uh, more in tune to what's going on in the market. You got to start watching the post of what's going on in the market. Um, start reading other reports as far as like manufacturing reports, retail reports. Um, someone is out. We've had a, a, a few discussions talking about how, you know, especially the automotive industry right now is doing a bunch of retooling and stuff like that. People are on vacation. People are coming back from vacation. Um, orders have slipped. So you're going to see a little bit, especially in, 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 um, the, the dry van segment because I think that that is the, that's kind of like the, the, the entry point into the, uh, into, into trucking anyway. I think there's more dry vans out there available than anything. But if you're using, um, just a little tip and a little hint, if you happen to be using the, uh, rate view product from DAT, the magic number, in my opinion, for vans, if you, if you have that particular tool, is three. If anything that's above a three to one truck ratio as far as dry vans go, it's still a pretty, you still should be able to get, uh, pretty decent rates out of that market. So that's, that's one particular thing to look for inside of the marketplace when you're looking at the van, uh, the van load to truck ratios. If you happen to be using that particular tool, um, I'm going to jump over into the U.S. flatbed demand. And for the 13th, the week of the 13th through the 19th, flatbed load availability barely changed last week, losing only 0.8%. As truck load capacity extended 11%. The resulting loads to truck ratio declined 11% from 39.8 to 35.5 loads per truck. Are you kidding me? Still strong demand, 35.5 loads to truck. I still think that that's strong enough to where you should be able to still demand um, the rate that you want. And we want to try to get into um, some more aspects of rates. And, and we're going to we're gonna start having a little bit of a maybe a more philosophical uh conversation tonight as far as that revolves around knowing your numbers based off of uh, what, what we talked about on the blog as well. And now jumping over into the reefer U.S. demand for the 13th through the 19th, load availability declined 14% for reefers last week, and truck load capacity increased 8.8%. The resulting load-to-truck ratio declined 21% from 10.2 to 8.1 loads, loads per truck, a moderate level for the season. Once again, if you pull if you pull refrigerators for any amount of time, um, we know that you, this is you're starting to go into a little bit of the, the seasonal decline. But it's still relatively very strong comparing to this time last year. Um, and I think that you know I, I was, I've been cautiously optimistic about everything is still going to be. I think we're still going to see some pretty good things. It's just going to depend on where you happen to have your equipment positioned. So we're going to jump over into the rates for the van for the week of the 13th through the 19th. And the report says that van rates dipped only two cents. Van rates dropped another three cents as a, uh, as a national average last week, but remain surprisingly strong at $2.10 per mile 
rates declined in most major markets, including Philadelphia, Charlotte, Columbus, and Dallas, but outbound rates rose in Denver and Seattle. Once again, just knowing where to be and, and, and when to be and how to position yourself. The um, average for the national average for vans in the Northeast, we're going to break it down by segments of the country. The average in the Northeast was $1.83 per mile. Down in the Southeast and Mid-Atlantic, the, it was $2.36 per mile. In the Midwest, showing a report of $2.11 per mile. In the South Central region, we're showing $2.06 per mile. And out West, we're showing $2.38 average per, uh, uh, per mile out West for you, the drive van segment. Moving over to the rates, U.S. flatbed rates for reefers in the Northeast, showing an average of $3.58 per mile. Down in the Southeast, showing an average of $2.77 per mile. Midwest, we're showing $3.15 per mile. South Central region, $3.10 per mile. And out West, we're showing an average of $2.35. The U.S. reefer rates for the week of the 13th through the 19th. Reefer rates continued their seasonal slide last week, dropping $0.04 cents to $2.40 per mile, the national average rate. Uh, typically peak in June for reefers on the spot market. So in the showing in the um, northeast, $2.22 per mile in the northeast. Now, these are the, keep in mind, these numbers that I'm going off of right now that I'm telling you in these different uh, regions perspectively is the average. So that means that some people may have seen averages higher. Some people may have seen averages lower. It depends on your negotiating skills and where you happen to have been in that particular uh, segment of the country. In the southeast, mid-Atlantic region was showing $2.06 per mile for reefers on average. In the Midwest, showing a $2.58 per mile on average for reefers. In the South Central region, showing a paltry $1.95 per mile for reefers. And out west, uh, showing $2.47 per mile on average for reefers. So that's a quick rundown on the um, trend line report from the um, from DAT as far as the different segments of the uh, transportation industry go. Chad, you got anything you want to say about that real quick before we move on? Not, not the trend lines, can I, uh, but I wanted to say something about, uh, not, not, you know, not the DAT trend lines, but uh, something else, a uh, chart that here that I uh, put together every day. Uh, just going back to the flatbed, talking about that a little bit. Uh, if, if we got a second, uh, Texas, uh, the the state that has the most volume leaving uh, one single state for drive van is Texas. There's no other state that has more than 4,500 loads today. When I looked at it earlier, 4,500 loads being posted leaving the state of Texas. All right, uh, and that's for drive van. But when I go over and look at uh, states with flatbed loads being posted leaving the states uh, and states that are over uh, 4,500 4, loads. Um, we got Alabama. They're at, they, Alabama, Alabama's the, got the most uh, flatbed loads being posted, and that little state compared to Texas has 12,500 loads today when I ran it, flatbed loads. Flatbed loads being posted leaving that state, 12,500. That's one, 8,700 out of Arkansas, 
7,600 7, out of uh, Georgia. Uh, the next one, Illinois, 4,100. Um, Mississippi, 5,400. And another one here is Ohio at 4,400. South Carolina, 6,200. Uh, Tennessee, 4,248. Texas, 13,000. Uh, which is a little bit more than Alabama, but still, I mean, look at the vo the the volume and like Alabama, it, it's almost five loads being posted leaving the state of Alabama as there is coming into the state, five to one. Uh, and right, Arkansas, right. very similar to that. I mean, it's like man, Mississippi is four to one uh, loads leaving as far as coming in, three to one South Carolina. I mean, it just. You don't see that those are just huge, huge numbers. If you're a, if you're a flat, uh, if you, if you have a flatbed, you can really pretty much name your price. Right. And, and I wanted to, uh, I'll go into that a little bit. I'll pick, uh, you know, horseback off of that. What you're saying is that, um, it's, it's good. The things that I caution people, because sometimes people ask me, um, about going certain places and what states. I like to drill down a little bit more specifically. Um, like I said, with the different tools that are out there that are available, if you can drill down more specifically, you can definitely set yourself up for, for much more success. I'll just take an example. Um, right now, the entire state, we'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll go with Texas. We'll go with Texas. For instance, right now in Texas, real time numbers that I'm looking at, um, loads that are coming, that are moving out of Texas, I'm showing a total of 22,390 flatbed loads. Flatbed? Okay, flatbed. Yes, showing a, showing a ratio in the entire in, in, in the entire state of forty eight point three. But now, when I when I break that when I break that market down, when I go in and zoom in deep deeper, and I go in and try to find pinpoint, um, if you happen to be on the west side of Texas, say if you're in the Lubbock market, then that's not as desirable as other areas of Texas because on, in the Lubbock market, don't get me wrong, it's still a still a really great uh, truckload to rate ratio. But um, I'm showing only 640 loads in that particular market, and it's a fairly large market because it dips over into Albuquerque as well. So you have to take these numbers and, and try to equate them, um, um, put them into perspective as far as the mileage and the distance around everything in Lubbock. So I'm showing 640 loads um, in that in that particular area, and only 54 trucks available. But depending upon, uh, I would have to go into the load board to try to pin down, pin down more specifically the, the, the radius of where those particular loads were picking up. You might not be able to get uh, as great of a rate in that particular area. But now if I jump over and go over into Fort Worth market, the Fort Worth market is a little bit condensed, a little bit smaller, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, the lows in the area in the in the Fort Worth market, just in Fort Worth alone, not even Dallas and Fort Worth are two different markets, by the way, even though they're quite, really pretty close in proximity. But they're two different markets the way the DAT has their system set up. And in the Fort Worth market, I'm showing 1,579 flatbed loads available in that one market, and I'm only showing 32 trucks available. So sometimes if, if the, the the more in depth information i said that to say the more in-depth information that you can that you can obtain yourself to that you can avail yourself to you definitely can still set yourself up in those particular areas um to really really uh be able to get the higher rates and i don't want to um 
the, the other thing is that sometimes I don't want us to come across either as, oh, all we're all about is, is trying to just get the highest rate. Um, I think we, we, we want to put that into perspective as well. Cause I've been hearing a lot of chatter, a lot of different things. And I, I want, uh, you know, whenever I hear something, I, I think it's only fair that we try to address it a little bit. Um, and I know not going to be all things to everybody, but, um, it's, it's going to piggyback into going into the topic that I was going to talk about tonight as far as my blog and which, and, and the, the topic going to show me the money. And once you make the transition, I don't care if you're a um, lease purchase driver, uh, owner operator lease to a carrier, or uh, what what's called I'm using the air quotes here the true independents that have their own authority or whatever. Um, you may not have as much room as flexibility in the other segments as far as being able to negotiate the rates or whatever. But if you have the aspirations to, or, or if you do have the um, ability to negotiate your rates. You want to uh, get a whole, get a real intimate knowledge of your operating numbers so that you can properly project where, you, where you're sitting at in your business. Um, you want to be able to properly project that so that when it comes down to negotiating, sometimes you, you're going to have to give a little to get a little and start to build, start to begin to build those relationships. Start being able to, uh, uh, you know, I, I had a, I'm using an example. I had a, I had a broker, um, that, that we have a pretty decent working relationship with. Uh, at, at, this was a few weeks back, back when Atlanta was really booming with the reefer freight and which Atlanta to me still is kind of really good for reefer freight, but this was when it was just absolutely crazy. And, uh, we've done loads for him before and, and he, he got a little, uh, he got a little upset with me, and I had to kind of pull back, and I had to think to think about it because, you know, like I said, we had a pretty decent relationship, and and I may have I, I may have damaged that relationship just a little bit, you know, just being totally transparent, uh, and I had to go back and maybe try to mend mend some fences there. Um, he wanted to try to put me on a load that was it was going to it would have put me in another fairly decent area. It was coming out of Atlanta, going up to um, I don't would have been delivering up into like the Wilmington area, North Carolina, which is still a pretty decent area for reefers because anybody knows that area. You got Smithfield and then you still got some sweet potatoes and stuff moving in that area. So still could have been probably, probably could have done fairly well. And he was thinking about somewhere trying to, uh, um, at the time he was wanting to try to book the truck for somewhere in the ballpark of, um, I think it was put us around $2.30 per mile or whatever, which is still, it, it, according to my numbers, my operating costs, I, I would have made a profit. I still would have made a, a handsome profit on that load if, if I'd have done it. But in the spot market at that time, the rates and everything were trending so high, and we were being really aggressive with our pricing that it, it outpriced us on that particular load. I think the loads we were trying, we were shooting somewhere in the ballpark close to closer to $3.10 per mile when he was at $2.40 per mile on, on all miles. Um, so, you know, he, he kind of, he got it, you know, I could tell in his voice he was a little upset that, you know, we weren't, because normally it's not, it's never a problem when we deal with one another. And, uh, and, and I had to sit back and I had to think about that. I, you know, um, like I said, this is a guy that we've had a decent relationship with. He's always been fair to us. We, and, and um, when they've been able to get really good loads for him. And looking back on that situation, I probably should have went ahead and took that load just out of the uh, uh, the relationship building aspect of 
of of the relationship for the sake of the relationship because I knew my numbers and I knew I still would have made a very good profit on that load. And and I, you know, I, like I said, I come from a little bit of a background. I used to do a little bit of real estate investing um, a few years back, uh, thinking about getting back into the market. But uh, we, there's a saying in in that real estate investors say is that hogs get uh, uh, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. And <laughs> that day I may I, I may have been a hog. I think I may have been trying to be a little bit too greedy. So I got there's there's someone on the line that's, that has a question. If I don't want to sit here and just banner on all night, and um, I, I, I want to get more in depth into what I'm talking about as far as the subject is concerned, but I don't like to keep my uh, guys holding too long that has questions or something like that. So we're going to go directly. I don't have a call screener tonight. Caller from the six zero two. You're on live with Rico. This is the Rating Lane Podcast. What's your name and where you calling from? Hey, Rico, thanks for doing the show. This is Robert with Rona Transport out of Arizona. I got two questions, if you don't mind. Uh, first one, the uh, you just zoomed in and looked more in-depth at the uh, truck and load availability in the market. If you don't mind sharing, what, what tool do you use to get such an exploded <clears throat> view in just, you know, such a quick time? It's a great, uh, great question, Robert. I use DAT Rate View. It's, it's an excellent product. Um, I don't get paid from DAT, um, so I, this is just a completely un, unsolicited uh, endorsement on my part. Um, the 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 product that DAT has, it's they they have some really great information, and it, it kind of ties back into what I was talking about about knowing your operating costs and knowing your numbers because a lot of people. This is the, the quagmire sometimes that I see with a lot of owner operators is that, you know, I see a lot of guys with some really beautiful trucks out here. Nice chrome, I mean, beautiful paint jobs, full fenders, the whole nine, and they spend a lot of money on their trucks. And, and it's your money and you can do with it whatever you please. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that the DAT product is really expensive. I'm not even, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, you know, not gonna tell you any lies. The DAT product is really expensive, but to me, it's worth its weight in gold. It gives me so much information. It allows me to be able to, to whenever I enter into a negotiation, I feel like um, I feel like I'm on equal footing with whoever it is that I'm negotiating with because I have so much information at my disposal, and and, and so I can use that information to drive the negotiation and and, and to try to turn things back into my favor. Um, the, the DAT product for the rate view, I think it's, I think it's maybe run for the standalone product, maybe at $200, $220 a month or something in that ballpark. I have it as a package deal as far as my load board is concerned. I have, I have a much more higher tier load board. So, um, that, that's the product that I use. Alright, thanks for sharing. I think I'm gonna call my uh, DAT rep and give him a hard time for not, uh, putting yeah. that product with me. Well, yeah, they don't. Yeah, I don't understand why they don't because they have so much great information. I, I don't think, um, but I think that also uh, it's incumbent upon us. Um, and, and, and was that was that the end of your question, Robert? Did that, did it answer your question? I have another question, but uh, you know, okay. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Because I'm going okay. to say that I want to get well, into that as well. I want you to collaborate a little bit about best practices on posting a truck for a single guy, single owner operator, single truck owner operator. What's the best way, like best practices? Do you post by the zone? If you don't have 
set city that you want to go to. You just want to go with the flow where the work is and everything else. What are the best practices? What information do you put in there not to get too many calls? Do you post the price? Do you post, like, the equipment uh, details? Just if you could share some of the basics, you know, that like best practices for posting a truck and not to waste the broker's time and not to waste your time taking too many calls that are not going to result in you taking a load. Um, it, it's, it's funny you say that, Rob. Using another, another analogy from uh, my previous uh, experiences being a real estate investor, um, one of the things in real estate investing, and people always wonder, like, how in the world did you buy a house that cheap? I bought a house, I bought a three-bedroom, one-bedroom house for $10,000 once. Right on. Need a little, need, need a little work done to it. But people always ask me, they say, how in the world did you buy a house that cheap? And the way that that is is make offers. You make you make, and, and the same thing, translating that over into into our industry, you want to feel, don't get, take a deep breath. I know sometimes it gets nervous and, you know, that nervous energy builds up. But you want a bunch of phone calls because that's one way to really adequately gauge exactly how strong the market is that you're in. If you get, if your phone is, when you post your truck and your phone immediately begins to ring and it, and, it, and it, you can't even hang the phone up from one call before it rings to it, before it's got another call coming in, that's a good thing. You want you actually want that. You, you, you want that so that you can feel like um, you really know how how big of a position that you have in the market. And and and, and, it, and it for for me in particular because I don't go I don't run all over the country. I have a particular part of the country that I like to operate in. So it 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 it, it condenses down some of my options. However. Back to the part about knowing your numbers and being on top of your numbers. If you know your numbers and you got everything projected out, then you you should already have a, a good idea of what you need for that week, for that uh, you know, to operate during that week, how much you need for that day, so on and so forth. So you 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 want that, um, and you can just put in as far as like posting tips and stuff like that. Uh, immediately post your truck in the city that you're going to be in. As soon as you know you're going to be in that city, post your truck. Uh, if, if you know what truck is going to be available, put your time in there. Uh, of course, you know where you, where you want to. And, and I say, uh, even even now, especially now since the market is declining a little bit, if you have the tools available for you to pinpoint exactly where the the other hot markets are in the country, depending upon whatever it is type of equipment that you operate. Pinpoint those cities so that you can keep yourself in a, in a in a really desirable market, so that you're not really seeing the effect as far as your rates declining too much. Um, if, if you do, if you follow those things, I think you'll be in pretty good shape. Chad, you got anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I well, uh, it, I was just kind of thinking about it. Uh, it might not be uh, perfect for this guy, but he, he might be able to use a little bit of it. I dispatched a team all this week and. Uh, um, I learned that that dispatching a team, like uh, information to provide and stuff that you don't provide, um, I like I like having having the team posted as a team, you know. And then I also found out that I, uh, that I also like posting them without without a team. So it's like I have two postings, 
one with the, one showing as a team and one showing without the team. It seems like with some brokers, depending on where I was at, that with some brokers, they would hesitant to call me. And when once they found out that it, that that it was the team, they they were intimidated by it and they didn't want to they didn't want to negotiate with me. They're like. Ah, well, that, well, that, my run's not a team run. I'm glad to let you go. Well, I'm like, well, hey, you know, just because your load is not a team run don't mean we can't talk about it. I, I can get the rate out of it. I can, you know, let's see what your, let's talk about it, you know, and I don't, you know, just because I have a team doesn't mean I have to put them on a team run. I'd like to, but, uh, you know, your solo run might, might say what a team, what, what I'm looking for, or might put me in the area, but, uh, I, I'll, a lot. Of, um, I've stressed that ever since me and Rico started uh, started helping people out. Well, we've been helping people out a long time. But I found that the biggest thing that you can do to help someone is convince them to post their truck. I, I uh, yeah, I, there's several guys that I've talked to that, that I've talked to, and that one single piece of advice on posting their truck has generated them more money than than any other advice I could give them. Just by posting their truck and having the broker call you. Um, yeah, and like Rico was saying about uh, that you want your phone ringing, that is, that is such a glory feeling when that phone starts ringing. You know it's going to be a good day, and you're going to be able to have fun and negotiate, <laughs> <laughs> negotiating your rate. That's all I got for that. Go ahead, Rico. And yeah, if I can so ask a follow-up question on that. So I'm getting what I'm understanding is uh, if you have two, three different markets, it's okay to post to different parts of the country that you have in mind that you don't mind going because the rates are better. And then, um, the, the, am, I, am I correct in that? Out of the one market, let's say I'm going to Charlotte, North Carolina right now, and I'm going to be empty on Friday. So I could post Friday, available Friday in North Carolina. So let's say, would you, oh, the question is, would you go by DAT zones? Like Zone 7, I'm thinking Texas, Louisiana is where I want to go back to. So would you go like market, let's say Dallas, Texas, close to Dallas, Texas, Houston, Texas, uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, or Baton Rouge, Louisiana, or you would just go Zone 7? What, what would you do? What's, what's better? What's working better in your experience? I would put the, I would put the zone. And because it it, it it casts a bigger net, uh, but you know once you uh, if you have the like I said, if once you have the DAT information or if you have another way of, of doing it, you know whatever works for your operation. If you got another way of doing it to, to figure out where the best market is for you, um, once the broker calls, then you can kind of see where uh, where he's trying to where where his load is going to, and calculate that into your rate. You know, as far as if it's, if you if you think that you once you get to an area to deliver his load, if he has to deadhead a little bit or something like that, have that calculated into your load. You know what I'm saying? And and going back into the, the main topic, what I wanted to talk about tonight. You know, be so intimate with your numbers that, so that you understand. If you own fuel gauges, you should know your your cost per mile as far as your diesel is concerned. You should know whether or not you're at 50 cents per mile just for your diesel cost. So so when you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what do I charge for deadhead? You know, it shouldn't just be an arbitrary number that you that you're thinking about. You should you should actually have numbers calculated in to say, okay, if my refer if my I'm sorry, if my fuel cost is, is fifty cents per mile, and if I want to make uh you know if I want to pay myself a decent salary, 
uh, 30 cents per mile, add that to the 50 cents, you're, you're at 80 cents right there. And then, you know, if you got your, your, your variable and your fixed cost, whatever those numbers happen to be, you know, put those in, you may be able to adjust a little bit of those things because your variable and fixed costs are going to have different things uh, adjusted into it. But, you know, actually have a, 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 a formula for putting together what, it was, what it's going to take for you to do some deadheading so that you're not hurting yourself in the process of, of continuing to try to, to bring, provide value out here to your customers. I, I very much appreciate uh, your time, guys, and thanks for the answers. I'll continue listening offline. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, real quick, Chad, uh, I said I was going to work on some numbers. Uh, I'm going to talk about my numbers for the week. Um, my, 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 the way that I have my, my company set up, uh, my pay period ends. I do, I do my stuff from Thursday to, uh, uh, I cut my check up, cut myself a check on Friday. So my pay period ends on Thursday. So starting out last week out and, uh, on, on Thursday, I, uh, picked up a load in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, it went down to Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, let's see. I want. I want to try to get the. Yeah. Okay. Picked up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Went down to Fort Worth, Texas. That particular load paid a thousand and fifty dollars. Uh, picked up another load and uh, deadheaded from Fort Worth over to Greenville, Texas. Delivered into uh, Milledgeville, Georgia. That load paid twenty two hundred dollars. Picked up a load out of McIntyre, Georgia, going to Tuscumbia, Alabama. That load paid 1050, and picked up a load out of Decatur, Alabama. So I, I left from Tuscumbia, Alabama, then head over to Decatur, Alabama. Picked up a load that delivered today into Lexington, South Carolina, and I'm picking up a load in Prosperity, South Carolina, going to Piedmont, South Carolina. Uh, the, 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 I'm sorry, the, the, the Decatur, Alabama, the Lexington paid 965 and the Prosperity the Piedmont paid $800. So that gives me a total, by the time everything is said and done, um, I'll be, for, for one week, I'll be sitting at $6,065. All of, as you see, everything was in the southeast, pretty much, and my total miles was uh, 2,022 miles. So if you do the math on that, that puts me pretty close to $3 a mile for all miles. Great. That's, a, that's some great numbers. With, um, was all that reefer Uh Had a few reefer loads. Uh, let's see. I, I, I assume that the, the, um, the, the Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the Fort Worth was a reefer load. The... Um, Greenville, Texas was a reefer. Greenville, Texas to Millard, Georgia was a reefer load. Uh, McIntyre to Columbia, Alabama was a dry load. Uh, Decatur, Alabama to Lexington, South Carolina was a dry load. And the one that I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in prosperity right now waiting to be picked up going to Piedmont in the morning is a reefer load. So okay. I had uh, three, three, three reefer loads and two dry loads. A little bit, little bit of a mess. Um, hey, uh, Rico, what, do you know what that background noise is? I don't. Let me, hold on, let me see. 
yeah, I think I got it. I Let me fix it right now. Sounds like we might have that other caller still on the line or something. Yeah, I think it's, I think his mic is still open. Let me fix that. There you go. There you there, go. Man. There we go. There better, we go. I apologize that. about that. Oh, Operator error. For for rates to for rates to been you know struggling this week, uh, you really did well at, uh, at keeping that rate cl pretty close to three dollars a mile and a great overall number for the for the for you know one week period six thousand over six thousand dollars and some of that right. stuff being dropped in as well and you stayed within within the you know within the one area one market area. Like, and, and I just think, you know, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to put that out there, just, just, just kind of like, you know, I, look, guys, I, I believe in being totally transparent, transparent, and, and uh, as far as when I'm, when I'm talking about things, I try to be as transparent as, as I possibly can, and I'm not one of those guys that, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield, but I think that. Um, right, especially right now, and, 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 you know, not saying that we're in a really tough market or nothing like that, because, I mean, compared to, uh, back in things when things were really rough in the trucking industry, uh, this is nothing. I mean, this is a cakewalk. Um, but I, I you know, it's just been a lot of talk about talking about rates are really bad and stuff like that. And I think that, um, you know, just trying to encourage everybody, if you're in the right market, if you stay in the right market and you're in the right lane, you still can you still can make pretty decent money, um, you know. And, and I'm not trying to, uh, you know, with the with the interest in mind of you still want to try to build those relationships because those relationships, when things really get ugly and bad out here, and, you know, going back to the story I talked about earlier, those relationships could be the difference to 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 making sure that you get a load that never sees the light of day on any load board. I know that a lot of people talk about a lot of Landstar loads that don't ever hit the load board, but a lot of a lot of brokers are really coy um, about not wanting to post their loads. Um, I don't think that, that that's a subject that we really hadn't touched on too much here on the podcast. You got a ton of brokers that are that that they understand it, and we even talked about it here on the show. If if you're in a really small town or in certain areas, and they tell you what the commodity is, well, guess what? You, you Google such a powerful tool. You know, you just Google the town and what the commodity is, and more than likely, you can probably find the company. Make a phone call to the company and cut the broker out. So you got a lot of brokers and everything that are really coy and then they're, they're not necessarily wanting to post uh, post their loads. So they're they're willing to call you and negotiate on the load, but and also they do that for the for the aspect of um, they don't want other brokers uh, cannibalizing their customers. So you you gotta think about that relationship. Sometimes those relationships can be worth their weight in gold because like you know those loads. By those particular brokers, and, and your smaller brokers will have pretty decent loads like that. They won't never see the light of day. And if, but if you got a relationship with that broker and you service that broker properly, you might not be able to break the bank on that load with that broker, but you'll be able to stay consistent. And consistency is, you know, the the the, uh, the tortoise wins the race, not the hare. You know, we can we can we can gleam a lot from the from the old nursery uh, nursery story of the tortoise and the hare. You mentioned I, I just uh, uh, you mentioned uh, loads that never do uh, see the load board. I uh, I came across uh, a glory load today. I wasn't able to get it, but uh, 
and, and I'm sure this load, I, I was probably uh, one of the first person that got called on the load. And I don't know if it ever hit the load board later on or not, but I know as soon as it did, it would have got, it would have gotten taken pretty quickly. But, uh, that was a broker that I work with here in Kentucky and, uh, he had a load of one pilot, one, one pilot of, uh, chicken dinners, chicken, frozen chicken dinners that had been, that had to get picked up, uh, and delivered to, uh, Florence, Kentucky out of Washington paying $5,500 for one pilot. So, and, and I said, I said, well, I have a truck. We've already got a load on. We're, we're getting ready to pick up a load. Can we put it on that? Can we put it on that same trailer? And, uh, can we put it with that other load? And he said, no problem at all. I just want that one pallet delivered in Florence, Kentucky on, uh, by Monday. And, uh, I'm like, great, great. But, uh, and, uh, and I'm, um, and then it dawned on me that, uh, that the other load we were putting on, uh, on, on the, on the truck that the team that I, uh, had, had picking up a load and already picking up a load in Washington, that that wasn't a frozen load and you can't, you can't freeze. And have refrigerated the rest of, of the trailer, but man, that would have been like a, over eleven thousand dollars on one run leaving Washington today. wasn't able to do it, but I offered it to the guys on the on the group page if anybody wanted to take a shot at it. And didn't get very much of a response except and, broker, and, and, the broker and, and, too. Well, that's another thing too. If you got a reefer, um, you know, one of the things, especially with reefers, mm-hmm. you know, invest in invest, invest in another removable bulkhead. Um, you know, possibly could have went ahead and booked that load, put one paddle on there, and and froze it. And put if you put your removable bulkhead up behind that load, you know, it, it it'll shut that reefer compartment off, so it'll keep that part of the uh, trailer at temperature. You don't have to have a multi temp to do that. Uh, you know, it'll shut that part of the reefer off. I mean, the entire trailer still will get kind of cold, but you could have picked up a dry load behind that if you know you could have LTL some stuff. You know, just just different things that you want to add to your toolbox. That um, you know, different pieces of equipment that you may need to invest in for your business, and you know, and you don't have to leave money on the table. Yeah, yeah, um, and that would um, that would been pretty good. I think the team I was working with, they 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 do have uh, that bulkhead thing you're talking about, uh, but it wasn't with them. It wasn't they. It wasn't with them. They were trying to save on the way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, the, and uh, and then uh, I think we were pretty much. Maxing out our weight whenever we picked up that other load. Uh, what, I mean, the, the good thing of it was that, uh, uh, the team, I, I, I told them about the load. I mean, it was almost good enough to where, and at the time I said it, where, um, it, we could have, uh, up and, uh, and canceled the other load and then went and, gra- and went and grabbed the, the one pilot load and found something with it. But, uh, and I, and the team that I'm working with, what was so great about them is, uh, and the, the, they're with it, you know, they're thinking the same way I am. We're, we, we just, I didn't even have to question it. We're, we, we're not going to be like that. Uh, it's sort of like, uh, once you gave, once we gave that broker our word that we're going to do this, we're, we're committed to it. Uh, it would have been, uh, at the time when I told, told him, I said, I said, if we could, it would have been, uh, it would have been so much, it would have been so much more profitable if we said, if we, if we were crooked people, you know, and if we stopped the truck right then and there and said, Go get that other pilot. Screw that load. We'll we'll find something else that'll go with uh, that one frozen load, and you'll make a kill. We'll, you'll make a ton of money. I mean, we, we can almost double our money, or or quite a bit, at least fifty percent more. But he never did bring it up, and I and I know the the person I'm working with. 
I know he never would, uh, he would never would have brought it up, but we're both thinking that in our head, like, man, if we were crooked and wanted to do someone and wanted to do this broker wrong, and all we would have had to done was call him up and say, you know, we could have came up with some sorry story to give him, but neither one of us had that in us to even think about treating a broker like that. Yeah, and it goes back, you know, damaging your relationship and everything. But let me let me jump over. On we got a caller on the okay. line that's yeah. got a, that's in the queue. Uh, and and like I say, just want to give a reminder out to everybody. Uh, see, we've increased the lines a little bit. Um, if you got a question or a comment, you want to say something, just press number one that puts you in the queue for us to know to come to you and bring you up online with us. So we have caller from the nine one three area code. Uh, hi, caller, you on with Rico on the Rates and Lane podcast? What's your name and where you're calling from? My name is Patrick. I'm calling from Joplin, Missouri. Patrick, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right, fellas. How are you? How's I'm Maintaining, maintaining. How can we help? Well, I had a question about um, LTLs a little bit. I just got my authority. I've had it for about a month now. Um, and i actually been doing pretty good since I started. Um, my first week, my first eight days, actually, um, I grossed right at 10.6 in my first eight days. Um, with expenses, I was on about 3,500 miles. Um, and I've noticed what, uh, a sharp what type decline. Of, what type of equipment? Uh, 53-foot drive and swing doors. Um, I ran from, my first run was from Kansas City up to Fargo, North Dakota. Then I ran over to Minnesota and picked up, took it to Illinois. Uh, did a couple loads over the weekend, loaded in Illinois, the Chicago area, Bolingbrook. Went over to uh, Columbus, Ohio. Then headed out of Columbus over to Indianapolis. Picked up in Indianapolis on Sunday. Delivered in Louisville on Monday. Picked up in Marengo, Indiana on Monday and delivered in Fort Knox. It was a short load. And then uh, I loaded out of Hopkinsville with uh, an, an LTL load. One stop in Dixon, Missouri, and one stop in El Paso. Then I reloaded out of El Paso, heading back to, uh, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, that load went to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, paid uh, $32.50. So on all those on all those loads, uh, it was, uh, was 13 eight for all those loads um, on about, you know, on about 4,500 miles. So it actually started out really good, and this week's been kind of, Kind of slow. Um, I've done some short now, Patrick, Everything Patrick, I've been Patrick, go ahead. Patrick, I, I got a caution. You be careful. You down there dipping in Chaz's neck of the woods. You're going to get you. You better be careful. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've actually developed some relationships through Facebook, um, through, through a couple of the, uh, through a couple of the pages that we have on there. And, uh, I actually found one of the loads that I, that I pulled, uh, since I started through one of the, one of the people that are that's a member of one of the Facebook pages, but I um I pulled a lot of short loads this week. I pulled a couple of short loads, um, 150, 200 mile loads for around six, seven hundred dollars, just because uh, a lot of the longer stuff I've been finding. It's uh, I mean, I, I make tons of phone calls and everything seems to be, you know, dollar forty, dollar fifty a mile, um, and that that could just be the areas that I'm in. Um, yeah, I just noticed a drastic change between last week and this week. Um, Kansas City seems to be a, a really poor area. Um, Dallas, Texas seems to be really poor. Um, but uh, my question about LTL was, 
I thought since rates were so bad in the areas that I was in, maybe doing LTL would help, but I have a lot of trouble finding any LTLs that'll go together anyway. Um, I mean, you could find LTLs that go to, you know, places that are five, 600 miles apart. That really doesn't help you very much. So I was wondering if you what guys had of, any insight of, on. What type of load did you got? I use that. Uh, the, uh, I have the power, that power. Okay, so you so you on on that power you should have the uh, availability to do the um, corridor search, right? Right. I'm kind of new okay, to yeah, it. I'm yeah. still learning it a little bit. You know, what I mean, I, I just mainly put in like if I'm going to be in Kansas City, I'll put in Kansas City with a with a radius of say 200 miles, and then I'll search for partials. Um, no, and then no, I'll, then I'll there's, there's an actual feature. There's an actual feature on, uh, and and I'm, I believe I'm correct. I think on the power level of service for DAT, I gotta I gotta reach out to DAT. I got I, I need to get someone on from DAT on, on the on the show. Um, I think uh, that, that I'm, I'm gonna set a goal. I'm writing that down. I'm gonna set a goal, and, and by next week I'm gonna report back. I'm gonna try to reach out to someone over there and uh, get someone on the show. Um, to help us out with some of the different product lines that they have. And I may even reach out in the, in the, in the interest of fairness and reach out to some of the other guys. I don't want to, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to make it seem like, uh, it's, it's a one, one party show. Um, but you should be able to use the, uh, corridor feature on there and you can put your two, uh, destination cities in on where you're going to go to and the, the low board will search in that particular corridor. Um, back and forth between those two uh, two cities to see where you may be able to pick up freight to help you build that out. Uh, Internet Truck Stop, in all fairness, also has a similar feature that does that as well. I, I'm not familiar. I'm not. I can't remember the exact um, name of the product, but for the for, for the Internet Truck user, Internet, Internet Truck Stop users out there, uh, there is a feature that does that. And the other thing, uh, Patrick, that you that I strongly recommend that you do. Um, Call DAT tomorrow when you get a chance and ask to speak to your rep or someone in technical support and ask them to walk you through all the features of the particular service that you got. You got okay. there's so many features on there that a lot of people don't don't really know that they have on their load board or don't know how to use. Um, get them on the phone. You're paying them for a service. You should be able to, you know, utilize your service for as much as you possibly can. You're paying for it. So so Utilize all the information and all the features that you possibly can that you're that you're already paying for, um, and that that's my that's my bit of advice. The other thing is also when you're doing uh, when you're looking at LTL and you're doing stuff like that. One thing that you that you definitely might want to do is if you if you have a little time, I was like I talked about it before. Maybe Google or look for uh, different things in cities that that uh, different different shippers in the city. Um, avail yourself to more different things. You might want to, uh, you might want to offer a blanket wrap service. So you might, you might want to invest in some blankets. The more tools and the more things that you have, the more, the more services that you can offer, the, the, the more desirable that you become, uh, and, and the better you can market yourself. So the different things and different aspects, if you got logistics bars in your trailer, so on and so forth. If you, if, you know, all those different things, just, just kind of think outside of the box of all the different things that you may have and that you can offer to help put more revenue on the truck. But I mean, from, from the numbers that you said, you had, you, you had an outstanding week. Uh, 
maybe we might need to have you host a call one day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all that. I'm I'm very much learning, and uh, I appreciate you guys having the show. It's uh it's good to listen in. And I was I was definitely wondering about lanes, and I think I kind of found out what I needed to find out. So. Well, and, and also with lanes, you know, you got to be careful about it. It's seasonal, so you know, what I'm saying even with dry vans, it, it's certain. It's certain uh, things are a lot better during during certain seasons. So you got peak times and off times. So you want to, like I said, uh, avail yourself to the information on your load board and see if you can track and and uh, mental notes or, or better yet, don't make mental notes. Scratch that. Make actual physical notes or something that you can refer back to because your brain will deceive you. Uh, have some real empirical data that you can go and put your hands on and look at so that you can kind of, uh, uh, justify what's going on. You don't want to, um, you don't, you don't want to, um, uh, uh, uh just use anecdotal information. You want to get empirical data. Chad, you got okay, to yeah. yeah, yeah, sir. I, I want to, I want to, uh, something that I've, I've noticed a problem with quoting LCL loads. Is and I didn't. I went to a school and they talked uh, about this. And I didn't know it until probably a couple of years ago. But uh, when a lot of times when brokers will quote an LTL load, they uh, they 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 want to quote the time that it gets delivered uh, based on what what a full truckload would would normally get delivered. You know, picked up and and the normal transit should be this amount of time. You should be able to deliver at that time. But uh, if you look at a lot of the LTL carriers, um, and the way they the way they quote LTL shipments, is there's a lot more time allowed for an LTL shipment. Now, when they start telling you that it needs to be picked up at this time and delivered by normal transit time between here, you know, if you average 55 miles an hour uh, as a solo person, you should be able to deliver it by this time. It doesn't work like that. The way the uh, when you when if they're quoting the rate based on those those five the time intervals, then that's 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 basically an LTL that needs to be expedited. And uh, um, like like say some of the large, uh, RNL that does a lot of uh, uh, LTL freight, that load will get picked up one day. It'll go to a warehouse, probably be in that warehouse for one day, and then it'll get put on another truck, and then it'll get delivered the next day. So there's you on on regular LTL loads and what the rate should be on an LTL load, um, you should have you should be allowed given from the broker more time to deliver it. And if he starts talking about well, it needs to be a little bit of a rush, it needs to be delivered by this time, then you ought to be, then use that to your negotiating strategy. Like no, well you're not really quoting that. That's really not an LTL load if you're wanting it delivered that quickly. You know, LTL loaded based on more time, more time to deliver it. And just, just a little hint there. I, something that I use whenever I get, when I come across LTL shipment, uh, that they usually come across the broker wants to, wants to deliver in a quickly time, whereas, you know, okay, well, uh, that's not really, a real, a really LTL shipment if you want it, you know, delivered in that amount of time. Well, and the other thing too, to jump in real quickly about the uh, about the LTL pricing and stuff like that. They price they price their freight differently because they don't price it basically. Uh, our mileage has a little bit to do with the calculation, but they they they, they most of their prices come by class, what shipping class it is, and that's how they price out prices per pallet, so on and so forth. And that's a little bit more complicated. That takes you know might be wor worthy of 
some study to see exactly how uh, class pricing and stuff like that happens in LTL um, and, and for them to justify the prices that they charge per pallet and stuff like that. Um, so it, 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 it gets kind of complicated in some, on some of those formulas. But Chad's exactly right that, that, that um, you know, you want to put that into the equation as well as far as expediting and stuff like that because you do have there are some uh, LTL companies for their next day for their next day first they have certain areas that they have next day uh, dedicated planes and stuff that is guaranteed to get there the next day uh, so you know but I just wanted to throw in about the class the, the weight and the class of, of, of different particular shipments when it comes to LTL pricing and shipping. Well, well, in all fairness, the places that that offer the next day the next day deliveries and stuff. I mean, they charge a premium for that. So if I'm going to be doing an LTL for them, I can also expect a premium. Am I right in assuming that? Not necessarily. Um, I think sometimes there might be a misconception that they, that, you know, you got certain area because at the end of the day, uh, time back into uh, the thing about, you know, on, on my blog about show me the money, ties back into uh, the bigger companies are a lot more sophisticated. And that's what I'm trying to push us smaller guys to do is try to get a little bit more sophisticated with what we're doing. Um, we, we have to get into, um, to get into the, 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 uh, rhythm of making sure that we are pricing our, our, our products and our services that we offer have some, have some rhyme or reason to them. Um, get, getting more in, intimate with our numbers and everything. And once you know, you know, you can start breaking up your trailer and, and you know what I'm saying? If you're going to focus on LTLs, uh, you know, you want to find different resources out there that 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 can allow you to build into LTL. I'm getting a I'm getting a message here. Um, says that the guys doing LTL should hook up with CH Robinson with their consolidation program. Says that uh, CH Robinson has an excellent LTL consolidation program. So that there's a resource right there that you might be able to uh, that you might be able to, to tap into. Appreciate the tip, George. Um, so, so that that's another resource that you might be able to avail yourself to. But going back to, to actually getting more intimate with the numbers, I was saying that these LTL companies and and most bigger companies, they're intimate with their numbers. They know what their operating cost is because they're beholden to to uh, uh, in, the, in the cases of most of them, uh, stockholders. So they they have certain areas that they that and I used to work for an LTL company. They have certain areas that they have to have freight in moving back and forth constantly. So they're already going to have a truck going there. So they definitely want to, in the case of us, we don't like to move around without any revenue on the truck. Same thing with them. They don't like, they, they don't really like to move around with, uh, uh, without any revenue on the, on the truck. So if you pull up certain, you know, pull up some, start studying people that are already successful doing those things. Like, so if you pull up some of these LTL companies, you'll see their, uh, their service maps and where their one, one day service is, their two day service, so on and so forth. Uh, but, you know, just to, to give you an indication that that might be something that, uh, maybe one of these days, um, I'm gonna put that on, on the to do, the, uh, on my to do list over here. Good. We're gonna have, we're gonna have an LTL, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do an LTL podcast one day. I'm gonna do, try to get out here and get the information, do, do a lot more in depth research. Um, call on a couple of people that's doing it. I know that there are a couple of people in the group that are already doing LTLs and stuff like that and uh, try to get on here with some more information so we can try to get that out to the people. Well, guys, I appreciate the info. Thank you very much, and um, I'll keep listening and uh, listen to what you guys are doing. Hey, appreciate you, Patrick.
Um, yeah, so uh, jumping back over into the importance of uh, show me the money and, and knowing your numbers, um, I wanted to go over some quick points about numbers and everything like that. Um, point being working capital, work uh, you know, having an idea of what your working capital is. Um, and the working capital is what you have available to work with today. And, you know, that's determined by subtracting your current liabilities from your current assets. Um, you know, you want to try to get familiarize yourself with those numbers, uh, what your working capital is so that you know where you sit. And, 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 and I want you to think about um, interest is a bad thing. Uh, if you have to pay interest, interest is a bad thing. So if, if whether it be a credit card or whether it be this, this is my opinion now. It's just going off my opinion. Uh, whether it be a credit card, whether it be quick pay, whether when you, where you where you're doing a um, 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 you're taking a, a deduction on your freight bill, or whether you're, you're in bed with a factoring company and you're paying interest. Interest is a bad thing. I think I think you should look at interest as a penalty. So anytime you have to pay a penalty, that's a bad thing in my opinion. So, if you, but if you got control over your working capital, and, and what I mean by that is, like right now we're going into what we call, you know, we say that that is kind of declining or whatever. Well, if if we know generally what time of the year we're going to have slow periods and what time of the year is booming, when the when it's booming, we need to be properly setting aside revenue, uh, retained earnings. You know, it's, it's, you know, create a, create a, a separate account where you're putting money back so that you can keep your working capital up. Uh, and, and, and transportation and trucking, one of the things I said on my blog is that a lot of us treat, treat our business more like a hobby versus a business. We have to get, try to get more sophisticated with our business models so that we can prepare ourselves when, when slow times come. Uh, if you, if you do want to take a vacation or something, Chad had mentioned maybe it might be a good time to take some time off or something like that. But you can't just make that, uh, you know, uh, knee-jerk reaction without any rhyme or reason to it. If you if you start planning and you put back your working capital capital in a proper uh, uh, and efficient manner, you can be able to uh, this time next year be in a better position than you were this year. Um, revenues, you should know your sales on a monthly, quarterly, and year-to-date basis, um, so that you can compare. See where see whether you are if you're behind or if you're ahead. Um, point number three, I want to talk about it real quickly. Is I'm just going to try to run through these real quick. Is gross profits, revenues less the direct cost of producing your product is your gross profit, product or service. Let me put that in quotation. So in most cases, there should be 50% more of your sales volume left over after you subtract your direct cost of goods sold. This is I'm reading some of this uh from the article that I posted inside of the uh in, inside of the of my blog that comes from uh, entrepreneur.com. Really great resources and really great things that you want to tr- start to begin to implement in my opinion to your operation so that you can put set yourself up for for success. Uh profit margins. I talked about that. Knowing what your co- if you know what your cost per mile is, know what your uh know what your all your costs are. Know what your net is, then you know what your profit margin is, and so that you can start beginning to build up that working capital. Um, also, don't don't shortchange when you, when you're doing these things. Don't shortchange yourself. If you got a spreadsheet and you start doing your fixed costs and your variable costs and all those things, don't shortchange yourself. Start making sure that you uh, 
the way I like to do things is I like to be really aggressive on the high end as far as expenses are concerned, and I like to be really conservative when it comes to the revenue part. Because if I if I estimate my my expenses high for the year, and if I estimate my revenue short for the year, and if I do better than what my projections are, then I, it feels like I got a raise. And and you may do that for a little while, you know. That's something that, that that I like to do. But sometimes some some folks are not built that way. Some people like to see the actual hardcore uh, cold facts and like to deal with just specifically the exact numbers. No uh, right or wrong, as long as you actually are in there with your hands in the ground doing these things to make sure you stand on top of these numbers. Marketing expenses. This is a business. Don't don't your marketing expenses shouldn't just be uh paying uh the prospective load boards to be able to post your equipment on the load board. That's not really a, the most effective marketing plan. If you're you're actually if you're a business owner, you you should be having some type of mo uh, money set aside to try to do some advertising. Um, if you had some direct customers, uh, it could be a way to help supplement your income during during some of the lean time. If you have uh you know, it could be a way that you can negotiate something uh, to move some excess freight. During uh, uh, if they got more freight than you can move, you know, maybe. Look at being becoming an agent for a broker and start to move your excess freight to, to generate some commission off of. Also, uh, spend some money on research and development. Uh, what company, you know, research the companies on the areas, research you want to go to. Research the companies within those areas. Maybe narrow down and consolidate. Maybe you don't want to cast as big of a net. Uh, some people like, some people just would go crazy if they just stayed in one portion of the country. They just, they they love to see different parts of the country. Okay, well if that's the case, you know, great, you know, but still do some research on areas that you'd like to frequent. They may there may be one particular part of the, of the country that you, even though you like to go everywhere, you might be somewhere that you like to go to pretty often. It may be a pretty bad area, but if you do some research in that area that you'd like to go to, that may be a, a little bit of a bad area, and find you a direct shipper so that you can get out of that area at a halfway decent rate. Then, then you know half the battle's already won. Um, just wanted to run through those really quickly. Chad, you got something you want to say, buddy? Um, yeah, uh, all that stuff you just mentioned are is great, really great stuff. Good, good advice. Um, an area that I see that a lot of people should work on, you know, profit gauges. I do that. That's great stuff. Uh, um, your fuel economy, uh, keeping track of those numbers uh, on fuel gauges, those that's great stuff. But one area that I see by, you know, working with a lot of people that, since I've started doing that is uh, uh, something I just took for granted that everybody, do that everybody does is, you know, pretty much the same stuff I do, but I'll, I'm wrong, you know. Like, uh, say, for instance, uh, your rate per mile. And where I've, I know what my rate per mile is on every single load I've done from day one for my company has started. I got it on the Excel spreadsheet. We're close to, I'm probably getting ready to hit 400 loads that my company's done. And no, I, uh, I know what the loaded per mile was. I know what it, uh, what the loaded and deadhead miles was. And I also know what the odometer rate per mile was. Uh, in numbers I keep track of, I know that during this time of the year, it happens every year that, uh, that this this month here, my rate per mile starts going down. Um, 
And just like you mentioned, you know, start to uh, there's a certain area you like to go to. Well, I know as we get into the fall that that a lane that I like to do is uh, from Kentucky is to Oregon. Well, uh, I've worked with so many people out of Oregon that brings me back to Kentucky, and so many people out of Kentucky that takes me to Oregon. That right now, especially I'm going I'm to be taking some downtime here soon uh, next week, and uh, this would be a good time to start connecting with them and setting something up dedicated that takes me out there. And I know the, where the rates were last year and the year before about where they were. And if I can go ahead and establish some of those lanes on some of those loads that frequently go out that way, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I've already got a relationship with some of those brokers because I've done so many loads with them. I know some of the shippers that, that take stuff out there that, and, uh, and so, uh, like you were talking about, you know, I can go ahead and start, Building that relationship, establish a contract rate when the demand is down for the dry van, I guess. And, you know, like everything you said, is great stuff. And something that I think would help a lot of people is if they start knowing what their rate per mile is and keeping track of it, having an Excel file, being able to go to it year after year and know uh, where you were when you went to that certain area for that time of the year. It changes, but uh, but usually during certain times of the month, uh, certain months, We'll, we'll either be up or we'll be down. And, uh, yeah, that, that's all I would add to it. Right. And, and just picking back up is that the biggest thing that, you know, that's going to make or break your business, guys, and I understand, uh, I struggle with this. I, I still struggle with this right now to this very day as far as when it comes down to doing the numbers. Like I said on my blog, you know, it's about as exciting as watching paint dry. And, and, and it's, it's really difficult. Uh, you know, it's, it's, not the sexy part of the business. I mean, it's not glamorous, but it's doing the hard work. It's doing the little things that you keep yourself on top of your operating expenses and your operating costs so that you make sure that you uh, are, are setting. Make sure you, you can kind of look back if you're looking over your numbers and you can kind of start to see if you got everything broken down properly. How much you uh, do you spend more on maintenance on one particular time of the year? And if so, why? And, 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 you know, what was going on? Different things like that that you can start to take copious notes on. Whether you're using profit gauges, QuickBooks, or just a simple Excel spreadsheet. You don't, you know, if you're using, I'm just trying to really encourage everybody, um, to begin to shift your mindset from being an old company driver where, you know, Somebody else had to worry about that. Somebody else was more intimately uh, closer to those numbers. You just showed up and got a paycheck because you were willing to trade your time for some dollars. Now, there's nobody that's going to save you or your business, especially, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to uh, pick on anybody or, or segregate anybody, but the, the, the owner operators that are operating under your own authority, look, we know. When something goes bad, we don't have a major company backing us. Um, we don't have anybody else to call. You know, it's our baby, and it's, it's sitting in our lap. And something, you know, uh, um, and, and not to scare anybody off from ever wanting to get your own authority, but sometimes it's, it's scary as hell having your own authority and knowing that you know, uh, um, hell, you know, some of us started on a shoestring budget. You know what I'm saying? So, and most upstarts started on a shoestring budget. But if you, with the amount of money and the information that, you know, we're trying to get out here to you guys and to, to, to better improve your operations, 
children do what feels good. Adults do what is responsible. And we have to be responsible in our business to make sure that we're setting aside proper and adequate amounts of money so that when, when, when uh, catastrophe befalls on us, we're prepared for it. Uh, you know, some people might say it was luck or whatever, but I believe that you determine your own luck. If you if you prepare, when you have the opportunity, when things come up, then you you'll definitely be ready to face all those challenges head on. Uh, you know, because we deal with a lot of money in this business, and some people may say, well, we're not, we not we may not get enough money, so on and so forth. It's up to you to to, to change that. It's up to you to determine your own fate and your own future. I, I want to do everything I possibly can to try to help uh, everybody to get the information that they need so that they can be successful, so that they can run a successful operation. Um, one more thing that I want to throw out. Um, if, if you if you got aspirations to grow, to, to grow your business, if you got aspirations to do bigger things, you know, um, maybe we have a, a monthly guest that comes on once a month that owns a, a really large trucking company out of Canada and also a brokerage company as well. Get with someone that's doing what you want to do, that's already doing it better, that's doing it better than you are. Pick their brains. Try to see if they, if they, if they, if they will allow you. Um, and, and you'll be surprised when you, when, you, uh, when you pursue those things, You'll be surprised the information and stuff that, that you'll get back. It, it's not that uh, I know that sometimes we deal with we have to battle with you know uh, uh, the lunch counter rhetoric and everything that goes on as far as guys you know the super truckers out there that tell you they're getting uh, twelve dollars a mile for all miles and so on and so forth. Um, I'm not talking about that guy. I mean, really, go <laughs> go find someone that's, that's credible and that's reputable. And, and see if they will allow you to uh, really pick their brain. But, you know, we, we've kind of done a little bit of the hard work for you here. And Mr. Chuck Snow that comes on once a month, I, I think that the phone line should really be uh, packed out when Chuck comes on. And, and, and uh, you know, because he's a wealth of information. I spoke with Chuck a little earlier today, uh, a wealth of information um, to, to ask your questions for, ask your deep, deep burning questions on, you know, if, if you got questions on how you should approach shippers, or how you should do this, that, and the other. You know, get some, get with somebody that's actually doing it on a bigger level than you are and, and maybe get some advice. And, and it may not work out. Their advice may not be you might have to tweak it and adjust it for your operation, but at least you have some uh, indication as to uh, something that you can incorporate into your into your company. Uh, we got a few more minutes left. I guess we can hang out for a little while longer. If anybody has any comments or questions, go ahead and press number one, and, and we'll get right to you. Um, Chad, you got anything else you want to jump on with before and we get the, ready to wrap it up? Yeah, the uh, networking and uh, and working with someone that's uh, that's doing something that you're interested in getting into, um, and someone that like you know you mentioned Chuck uh, Snow uh, Snowden. Um, there's uh, on the Race and Mile Masters Facebook group page, um, and we it's, it's becoming we're over twenty, uh, I think twenty three hundred or getting real close to. I think we just maybe went past that number uh, of people that's on there. And this is a very professional group of people that's on there. And, and I'm going through, sometimes they'll make, I'll see people, that they're reading all the posts that gets put on there. And every now and then when something pertains to them, I'll, um, they'll, they'll make a post. And it's, a lot of it, all the posts are from the, from the same people. But every now and then, some of these new people will join in. And I'll look at their profile. And uh, we've got people that, that own fleets that are in there. 
Uh, and you can, right. you can, you can start networking with those that own fleets. You, you've got brokers in there that, that, uh, small brokers, broker agents, large brokers, uh, people that I've wanted to ask questions to. I can find them in, in this group and, uh, and they're, they're acceptable that you can ask them questions. There might be an agent, uh, for a large brokerage, but you can network with them and, uh, build a, build solid relationships. So when we were talking, you were talking about, uh, um, saving your, saving your money, being responsible and, uh, you know, uh, making sure you live within your means, that type of stuff. Um, when I first got into the, into being a carrier, um, I, the, the, the thing that I have, that I kept on hearing about, and I've written about this, talked about it before, was that, uh, before I got into it, my biggest fear was that I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't succeed because so many people, uh, fail at being an owner operator with their own authority. Uh, the numbers are just crazy. Anybody who sees, sees the statistics of it would say, well, that's just, uh, it's just insane to get into something like that. But it was something that I really, really wanted to do. And the, uh, mindset that I had was, um, I'm going to go into this and I'm going to live my life based on, I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that I, that I make it. And, uh, I'm going to live my life that way. I, and, and I still do, still do, uh, do that as of today. Um, I don't, I live within my means. I don't, uh, spend money that I don't have. I don't, I don't run up a whole lot of credit. Uh, I have very, I have very little debt except the house and, you know, I have very little debt. I still have the, uh, big box TV. I, you know, I bought a new house, but, uh, and my wife told me, uh, for my birthday, I could go buy, uh, one of the big flat screen TVs that they sell at Sounds Club, the Visa and uh, Costco. She sees me looking at them when we go in there, but I'm like, no, nah, that big box TV that I bought in Japan back in 2003 still works. I can watch that. I don't have, I don't, I don't want to spend the money. I'm, I'm very tight with my money. I don't want to spend it. I want to save it. I want to make sure that, uh, that every day that I live my life based upon, I want to succeed. I want to make it. There might be a time where you know ne- you never know when, and you hear people come on Kevin Rusford's show and they talk about these major breakdowns that they have with their truck. And I've only got one truck. If I have one of those major breakdowns that I hear people talk about on the show, uh, I want to be able to recover from it and and be able exactly. to continue this lifestyle that I live. I live a really good lifestyle. I, I, I and I love being an owner operator with my own authority. I'm my own boss. I get to call the shots. I get to. uh it's great, great quality of life. And, uh, and in order to continue to have that quality of life, I have to be able to live day, every, every day based upon that it could all be taken away from me if I don't live it right. Exactly. And, and like, like you were saying, you know, and, and like I wrote on my blog, you know, most times the culprit of the, the, the minds for most people is actually when it comes down to doing numbers because we just, we just get, I'll be okay. It's not that we, we don't take it as that being being that important. But when you start to ask guys and stuff, when you start really trying to get down into the nitty gritty uh, of, of of operations that people are going, you know, you ask them, you know, what did you actually make per mile? What was your actual take on? What was your net? They can't really answer those questions. They don't have a clue. They don't know. And it's just not. It's just not. Uh, um, this is entrepreneurs as a whole. It's just not us in the trucking industry. Think about it. You know, if, if you put aside your money and you set aside, the, the goal is to keep the doors open, to keep your business open. That's the goal. So, you know, it, it may not necessarily, if, if, in my book, if you're open this time next year, well, you're successful. Uh, and, and so on and so forth, because there's so many people that are not going to be in business next year. 
um, because they, they, they didn't take the time to adequately manage their business properly. And that's why I, I wanted to stress this evening about about the numbers. And, and, and once you get a hold of those numbers and you're more familiar and intimately uh, uh, in tune with where you are, then you can begin to develop and cultivate those relationships. Like I said, uh, as far as like a, the, the big hoopla was going on about, you know, are we, <clears throat> excuse me, are we, are we breaking the brokers? Are we, are we breaking the bank with the brokers? And look, you, you provide a service and there's, there's a value attached to that service. So by no means am I saying, uh, allow yourself to be taken advantage of out here. By no means am I saying that. But what I am saying is that like the example that I gave, when you know that you, in, in the interest of building a relationship, and if you know that you still can do a load and it's going to be a good load and it's going to be profitable for you, you know, according to my numbers and everything that I broke up, that 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 I have uh, calculated, as long as I do two dollars and eight cents a mile when I'm dealing with a reefer load, if I'm if I'm, if I'm above two dollars and eight cents a mile on average, I'm I'm making uh that that's paying me seventy cents per mile to just to drive the truck. So, uh, you know, you can't get a company job doing that. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. You, <laughs> so you, you, if you, if you know your numbers and if you're intimately in, in tune with your numbers like that, you know what you can do. Then it, sometimes it's worth cultivating and building that relationship and not necessarily trying to attempt to break the bank. But if you know your operating costs and you keep yourself profitable, then you'll be better for it. So, you know, take some time. Uh, uh, you know, once, once you, uh, another old saying, um, you know, me being a, a young man that, that wasn't, uh, 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 you know, being on the wild side of life and younger in life, uh, not saying that I'm an old guy now, but the old saying that we used to have is, if you keep up, you ain't got to catch up. So, <laughs> if you keep up with your numbers, if you keep up with your numbers, uh, and stay on top of it, then you then you understand that you know uh, uh, just take a little bit of time and, and even Kevin talked about this. Take a little bit of time uh, once you get everything up to date and just stay on top of it. Just make sure that you stay on top of it. Make sure you're getting a, a, a pulse of it. Uh, and, and most times, if you're just sitting at your uh, uh, delivery spot while you, while they're unloading you or loading you, uh, if you got your office on on the road with you, you can go ahead and begin entering in your numbers into whatever. Uh, if you got spreadsheets, QuickBooks, or, or even uh, uh, profit gauges, use your time wisely to do the things that you need to take care of. And like I said before, not knocking any of you guys out there that have the beautiful trucks and, and the nice paint jobs and all the chrome and all the fenders, but maybe redirect just a little bit of that money to actually uh, making sure that you can actually keep that that you don't lose that because it would be a shame to, to, to do all of that. And I've seen it happen. You know, you, you, I, I've seen some guys that don't own a truck, you know, uh, um, leasing a truck and the interior of the truck and everything is all chromed out in there. I'm like, man, you know, it looks like size my all inside of the truck. I mean, it's beautiful. I like looking at, you know, uh, you know, sometimes I get in my own 2002 beat up truck. I just be like, man, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, 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 but when I when I at the end of the day, and I go and I you know you think about it you know don't know how his bank account looks can't speak for the next person's bank account 
but I know that, you know, uh, speaking, just, just speaking for myself is that, you know, like Chad say, I live a, I live a fairly comfortable life. Um, and, but I, but I want to try to begin to try to do it bigger and better than I've been doing it and, and try to expand. And I like to, um, share this information, as much information as I possibly can to you guys out there to also help, help you guys because before we were doing this, I mean, there was no one out there talking about this stuff. I mean, you might pick up points here, tips here and there, but we wanted to, you know, we, we said that we definitely want to see a change in the industry and, and we want to see all boats rise. And, uh, so, you know, that's why we are even doing this. I mean, uh, uh, you, you're not getting a paycheck. I'm not getting a paycheck to do this. So, you know, it, it's, it's for the love of, of our fellow drivers. So, uh, 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 uh Kevin. Kevin talks about this, and, uh, and it's in Larry Wingett's books and other books as well about um, give, give when you have time to give, sort of like giving, uh, donate and give your time, and uh, uh, it will come back to you. And uh, it, it's it's hard to explain; it's hard to get people to understand that. But uh, since since I've since I've started, uh, you know, helping helping owner operators and in a big way, uh, the way I have uh, with rates. Uh, it comes. It, 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 it's coming back to me. I see it. Uh, they, people trust me. They want. Me. I see it in a big way. Where, and and all I've done at the beginning was just just give my time and try to help other people out, and and then I increased that. And it's like it seems like the more I give, uh, I, I receive. I mean, it's true. Whenever you hear people talk about donate, give your time, and you'll receive. It's 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 true. It's true. I didn't ask for none of it. Didn't. But uh, it's so true. How. You will receive if you give, and if giving is giving your advice to help someone else out, it will come back to you one way or another. Right, and, w- and one more thing I want to drop drop on here before we get ready to jump off. Chad, you're a former Marine, right? Yes, sir. All right. So now uh, we're, go- we're going to take a little bit of, the- of that. I want to play that into um, you know people talking about being nervous. If you're nervous about making phone calls or dealing with brokers, if you're nervous about going out and seeking uh, um, direct customers and so on and so forth like that, uh, mind frame, I want to talk about, you know, philosophical views and and, and getting your mind prepared because you're going to hear no a lot. But one of the things that the Marines, uh, uh, one of their mantras is they they have this word called FIDO. FIDO, what what does FIDO mean, Chad? Simple Fidelis? No, no, no. Forget about it, drive on. Say it one more time. Fidelo? Forget forget about it, drive on. Forget about it, drive on. Right. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I know it's one in in that one in that one the one of the Marines uh mantras that you know the uh uh I read that somewhere that, that the Marines uh have a mantra where they they talk about uh, you know, uh forget about forget about the, the bad things that happen and drive on, keep pushing. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it, it's instilled within you. Yeah, uh, no matter how bad how bad it gets. I mean, that's what the old, that's what makes the Marines uh, who they are and why they're so tough. That uh, that you know that whenever uh, they're, they're like the force, whenever explosions are happening uh, and everybody wants to uh, run away from that, the Marines are the ones that run to it. Uh, but uh, right. uh, you're thinking of a, you're, you're using a word that uh, I'm not too familiar with. Semper Fidelis is always faithful. You hear that a lot. It's always faithful, and I'll mention that to other Marines on the page uh, occasionally. 
Right, right. Okay. Well, but I was just I was saying that to say that, you know, don't get so caught up in hearing the word no. I want to, you know, philosophically, I want everybody to try to, and, and I'm not just saying that to everybody out there. I'm saying it to myself. Get your get, get your mind prepared. Get prepared for, you know, um, um, get ready to step into battle. You know, and, and I, I said it in my blog, you know, sometimes it, it may not be the best analogy, but in, in the reason that uh, when it comes down to doing numbers, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you, if you, if you listen to any kind of a, a lot of business information and stuff like that, business and warfare is always compared to one another because there are different strategies and tactics involved. And and in our business, there, there are different strategies and tactics that we that we must begin to incorporate into our business. And um, so if so if we are got to be practitioners of tactics right now, uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, we've got to be practitioners of strategy. Right now, we're, we're, all we know is we're, we're in the ditch and we're digging. We got our heads down. So, so sometimes we have to take some time to think about how can we do it bigger and better and what, what ways we can, you know, what are the different things that we can implement to, to help us do it bigger and better? So we can't get caught so much solely on one aspect of it. We got to be able to incorporate some other things. Um, so with that said, I don't see any more guys on the line if, 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 if that wanted to ask any questions. I guess we'll go ahead and begin to wrap this, bring this baby in for a landing. Uh, any closing remarks, real quick, Chad? Uh, that, that was it's, not, it's been a great podcast and. Uh, um, if you want to get started with uh, that rate per mile master, uh, rate per mile masters, uh, there's uh, under files. Uh, I've got a uh, an Excel spreadsheet that will uh, do some of the calculations for you when you're calculating your rate per mile. Something that we meant that we were talking about earlier. Um, and if uh, we talk, if me and you, if uh, if me and whoever's listening, if we talk in the future, that's probably one of the first questions I'm going to ask you. Just like if you talk to someone about fuel economy. One of the first questions they're going to ask you is what what's your rate per mile, and if you tell them, well, you're probably around, or what your mile per gallon is, you know, but some of these guys that are really into mile per gallon, that's one of the first things they want to know. What are you using to generate that? And uh, how Kevin always talks about he he wants you to do it, do the calculation right, and uh, if you're not doing it pen and paper and knowing those numbers exactly, then uh, it's fuzzy math and. Uh, um, I talk to people all the time, it seems like here lately, that uh, I'll ask them that type of question, what is your rate per mile, what are you getting your rate per mile, and uh, they'll give me their loaded rate per mile, and then I'll say, okay, well, you left this place and you went here, did you add in those miles? Okay, well, we have to add in those miles too, and uh, now that's your deadhead, now this is your loaded rate, this is how much your what it was per, per loaded mile, and then we started getting down to you're really not at two dollars a mile. Now we're we got you down to around a dollar seventy three a mile, and then if we do exactly. your odometer reading, when we do your odometer reading from beginning to end of that trip, from the time you started it to now, now we're maybe around a dollar seventy a mile. Uh, when I start showing that, when I just start showing people that, and I do the calculations with them, it brings realizations home. It's like if everybody did that. You would ha- you would have a better judgment uh, before you take these loads. You know where your where your rate per mile is now, and and your and your thinking would be how can I increase that or how can I maintain that number? Because you, you nobody wants to go, uh, look at their numbers and say, well, I'm doing worse than I was this time last year or uh, this month here. I'm doing worse than I was last. Year. So then they'll start thinking about ways to make next month 
uh, better. Anyway, my closing remarks is uh, start knowing your rate per mile. Uh, we talked about numbers. That's one very important number that everybody needs to know. Exactly. So with that said, please, everybody, uh, uh, go subscribe to my blog. It's at crescentcarriersllc.com. Uh, Facebook page is Crescent Carriers LLC. Uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, you can shoot me a friend request. I accept them all. Uh, Rico Muhammad on Facebook. Um, we want to, I want to, uh, give you guys a date. Uh, like I talked about a little earlier, August the 13th is the date that we're going to have Henry Seaton, the transportation attorney, on with us. Start thinking, I talked to Henry earlier today. Um, we were supposed to try to get him on sometime this month, but through, during the course, course of traveling and through the course of him being in and out of the country and different things, um, you know, he wasn't able to be on with us. So I was able to uh, catch up with him and track him down, and, and we shot down and we confirmed that the 13th of August, which is next month, will be a uh, will be a good time for us to, to begin and start. Um, giving you guys a heads up on it now. Um, start shooting me some questions on the blog or whatever, because there's a way that you can communicate with us on the blog or on Facebook or either one of the what. You know, shoot us some questions or things that you would like to. If you had an, if you uh, had an opportunity, you know, uh, to ask a transportation attorney some questions or something like that that pertains to our industry. Um, you know, shoot us your questions and we'll try to get them over to here and try to get through them. I know we, we may get inundated, but uh, and we're going to try to get through as many of them as we possibly can. But this is another way that we want to try to, uh, you know, bring more value to you guys to inform you of, of your rights and 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 uh, what, so that you know how to uh, handle certain situations. You know, what, what how do you handle uh, a situation if you get a load rejected, uh, if you got damages, so on and so forth. I mean, there's there's a litany of things that that a lot of us have probably went through and have experienced. Um, uh, so, so shoot us, shoot us, uh, your questions on that so we can try to get them over to Henry. I wanted to put that out as, as early as possible. Uh, and the following week, uh, from the 13th of August is when Chuck Snow will be back on with us. I want you to start go ahead and preparing your mind, uh, for some good questions. If you want to think about improving your operation, that'll be on August the 20th. Chuck Snow will be back on with us. Um, so those are those are the things on, on my closing end. Uh, like I say, go to please go to our blog, go check us out, and um, if there's anything else, shoot us a message on Facebook. For Kevin Rutherford and the entire Less Truck team, this is Rico Muhammad and Chad Boblet signing out live from Prosperity, South Carolina. Good night, everybody. Be safe, be profitable, and master the journey. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.